Hey everyone, and welcome to this episode of The Process. Today, my guest is a two-time Olympian and founder and CEO of the energy gum company, Run Gum. He competed for the United States in the 2008 and 2012 Olympic Games. In 2014, he launched Run Gum, a sports supplement company which helps with alertness and focus. The company has already made a name for themselves among athletes and athletes' rights supporters, sponsoring athletes at major competitions and leading the charge in greater transparency and sponsorship rules for the sport's biggest stages. Please help me welcome Nick Simmons to the show. How's it going, man? Hey, good. Thanks for the intro. Yeah, man. Um, so, wow, you have a pretty impressive uh, resume. Uh, tell us a little bit about what it was like, uh, you know, trying out and actually making the Olympic team. You know, that's all, a lot of young athletes dream. Um, and you made it come true. Yeah, you know, I, I recognized that I had a, now maybe an outside chance to make the team when I was about 22. And I decided, um, you know, I was going to go, I originally, the plan was to go on to medical school. And I said, let's put that on the back burner for, for a couple of years. And I'll just go all in on training for the Olympic team. Like if I, if I have literally no other distractions, no class, no job, and all I have to do is focus on training, how good could I get? And Nike gave me a small contract as a sponsored athlete to allow me to train full time. And sure enough, you know, when you go all in on something like that, it, it, it can pay dividends. And in 2008, at the age of 24, I did make the Olympic team for Team USA. Um, and it was just, well, one, it was a huge relief, right? Because I just sacrificed two years of my life for that goal. Um, but two, it was a lesson in, in the power of what I'm able to do if I do minimize distractions and put my laser-like focus on, on achieving one singular goal. Nice. And uh, um, the run, the, what you competed in was like 800 meters, right? But Correct, yeah. I think I also read that you had a sub four uh, mile. Yeah, 800 was my bread and butter. It's about half a mile, and my best time there was 142. But I love the mile, and I know you know Americans follow the mile pretty closely. I ran three <laughs> minutes and 56 seconds for a full mile. Yeah, so you know you obviously like all these motivational quotes, and they always go back to that four minute mile when it was broken. And oh yeah, how that how that feel to break that four minute mile? You know that actually happened a year before I made the Olympic team, and it was kind of this like you know we talk about KPIs in business a lot, key performance indicators. When I broke four minutes for the first time, I was like, holy cow, like what I'm doing is working. You know, it's, it's that first like big dopamine hit to the brain that says I'm crushing it right now. I just, I don't, don't mess anything up. Just keep going in this direction. And, uh, and, and maybe you'll accomplish your big audacious goal of making an Olympic team. So that, that was a really big indicator that the, that the sacrifices I was making were definitely going to be worth it. Nice. Now, what, what has like training at the highest level, like what skills have you developed that have, you know, crossed over to your entrepreneurial endeavors? I think the big, biggest one is just a resilience. You know, as an athlete, I woke up and I trained seven days a week, 50 weeks out of the year, no matter whether it was raining or snowing, no matter whether I had just broken up with my girlfriend, my dog had died. You, 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 literally nothing could keep me from getting my workout in. And that's what it takes to be great at that level. And then you translate that perseverance, that dedication into business. Same thing with the business. Like we had cataclysmic fires here in Oregon this year. We had a, a global pandemic. I mean, you name it, 2020 threw it at us. And here we are, we're still standing, we're still growing. And so I think you have to take that mentality as an entrepreneur that there is literally nothing that can come your way that you won't you know, hustle and figure your way out of. Nice. Yeah. Perseverance is probably the number one thing that, you know, I would, I would have to agree with that is for sure. Um, being a consultant, being a coach, I love, you know, coaching ex-military, ex-athletes, you know, they're just trained to like, just take action. 
Um, yeah, they'll question some, but most of, for most part, they won't question until after they put 100% into applying what, you know, what the game plan was. Um, did you have a mentor or a coach going into business or did you just learn it all yourself or how did, how did you get into entrepreneurship? Yeah, it's a great question. So actually he was my coach originally. Now he's my best friend. And along the way, he was always been my mentor. Um, his name's Sam LaPrey. And when I went to Willamette University, a little D3 school, there weren't a ton of resources for athletes with my ambition, but Sam, who had grown up with a lot of, you know, athletes that had gone on to be professional athletes, um, including in the sport of running, he said, you know, I recognize that there's something special in this kid and kind of took me under his wing. And he really kind of like guided me through my NCAA career and then helped me with the transition into, into professional running. And about the age of probably 25, you know, I'd made one Olympic team. I was training for another and I just felt a little bored or a little stagnant in my running career. And I said, Hey coach, I think I'm going to go get an MBA at university of Oregon. He said, well, you could do that. Or you could take the same amount of money you would, uh, you know, give to the university of Oregon and we could start a business together. So in a founder's round, he wrote a check. I wrote a check. We created a company called gold medal LLC. The idea was we were going to train to win a gold medal, but even if we didn't, we'd have this business, you know, that would, nice. that would, ideally <laughs> pay the bills. And uh, that was, I think we created that in 2009 and gold medal. Uh, so run gum, my current business is actually gold medal Inc DBA run gum. So it's the same uh, umbrella company that we, we launched back in 2009 that, that handles our, uh, you know, our DBA run gum. So in the beginning, what, what were you uh, monetized? What were you selling under gold medal, just running programs and stuff? Or? It's a great question. No, actually it was an industry that Sam and I knew absolutely nothing about. Rather than try to create something from scratch, we recognized that franchising was going to be a good way for me to learn business, right? Because um, all you franchisers out there, it's, it, is a, it is a nice proven way to create a business. You're still a business owner, but you're kind of following a recipe that's proven. So you can mitigate the risk a little bit. So for my first foray into entrepreneurial business, we actually built tanning salons here in the area. Pacific Northwest doesn't see sun for about six months of the year. It happens to be peak season that offsets a little bit with, with the running season. So I knew that I'd have more free time to build tanning salons in the winter. And honestly, it just, it was, it, I don't want to say easy because nothing's ever easy. Right. But it was, it was risk and risk. I was tolerant of the risk that was associated with that. So uh, we built one salon, it kicked butt. We took the profits from that and built another over the course of about three or four years, we built four salons and, while they were phenomenally successful and cash flowed really well, we weren't in love with the business. Like we just, we, Sam and I don't tan and we didn't understand the, the, the business that well. And so we wanted to roll the profits from that into something we were super passionate about, which is sports supplements and sports performance. And so we actually sold the salons and took that cash to start Run Gum. Nice. And how'd you get the idea for Run Gum? Um, you know, how did you come up with the formula? And, yeah. You know, it's, it's pretty big barrier to entry to get into custom yeah. you know, formulation and stuff, something like this. It is. Unique, so. Well, you know, I had studied biochemistry in college, so I, I had a little bit of background in, in what I wanted as an athlete. Um, and I was, you know, as an, an Olympian getting all of these energy companies sending me their products. So energy shots, energy drinks, energy gels. And I fell in love with one particular product. I won't name it by name, but their energy <laughs> blend is world famous. And I kind of just said, hey, I love the way this product makes me feel from a cognitive standpoint, but I really don't like the way it makes my stomach feel, you know, drinking a big acidic energy drink before a race or a practice is kind of the last thing an athlete wants. And so we took the ingredients from the energy drink and infused it into a piece of chewing gum. So run gum is just like an energy drink. It has caffeine, taurine, B vitamins, but you don't need to refrigerate it. You don't need to brew it. You don't need to 
you know, screen it through TSA. I mean, this stuff is just, it's just chewing gum that gives you the same kick of energy that all those other energy products do, but it actually gives it to you up to five times faster through sublingual and buccal absorption rather than gastrointestinal absorption. Nice. Yeah. And in a highly competitive, you know, world of supplements and especially sports supplements, um, setting yourself apart, you know, creating a category one is, is huge. It's important. Um, it's hard to have to compete on who's better, but if you can show how you're different and how that difference benefits them, um, gives you a huge advantage. So I think you guys have done a great job, you know, with, uh, with, with that. Um, what's, some of the, what, what's some of the main ways that you can take a product and give it a personality, give it, um, you know, a brand that, you know, has some characteristics, you know, to it. So people can kind of, you know, yeah. um, see themselves in there and, you know, you do a lot on YouTube, stuff like that. So how can you take something like a supplement and, uh, and give it life? You know, I think that's a great question. From day one, we knew that, hey, we're in the supplement space and you can't, uh, at least the supplements that space that we're, you can't really trademark that, right? You can't trademark a formula of a supplement. And so we said, well, in order to, to really protect our, our product, we need to have a rock solid brand. So we were brand builders from day one. Um, I think really the success there comes from the fact that I had been building my own brand. You know, Nick Simmons LLC was another company I'd been running for years to, to manage my um, pro running career. And so having that following, it, all, it, it just made sense that I was going to be the, the pitch man, the face of the company. And as, as Nick Simmons LLC grew, so did RunGum. So they've always kind of leaned on each other in that sense. And I'm blessed to have two founders, my coach, Sam LaPrey, and our COO, Nathan Woods, who really understood that and really supported it. So when I retired from pro running in 2017, Nick Simmons LLC revenue went to zero. And that was, that was tough, you know, for a company that I'd had for 10 years that had paid the bills yeah. for 10 years. And that's when Rungum stepped in and propped up Nick Simmons LC, got me a videographer so I could start building my YouTube channel. And it's always been this really beautiful symbiotic relationship where I've helped Rungum when they were down and they've helped Nick Simmons LC when it was down. And, uh, and I think that, that uh, building two brands simultaneously had, has been powerful for us. Nice. And with your personal brand, um, is that mostly just building like a running community? Are you selling you know, like running programs? Um, yeah. Affiliate stuff, I, gear, like I call you... it fun with fitness. You know, I, I took fitness real seriously for like 20 years. And I said, fitness is still super important to me, but I want it to be fun. And so if you watch my YouTube videos, they're kind of silly, but they're still fitness based. Everything I do on Instagram is very, you know, fitness focused. And um, I don't sell a lot of products. Um, I don't pitch a lot of products, but... I try to just make it be a fun environment, a fun community where people feel inspired. And, uh, you know, the, the chief source, source of revenue there comes from the YouTube uh, ad revenue that comes in. And uh, I am sponsored by Gymshark, so there's some money coming in th that way too. But primarily, we were building out the Nick Simmons channel and the Nick Simmons, you know, assets to push run gum. So I still do that predominantly. I've got the hat on. You see me handing out run gum in all my videos. I, I give away prizes a lot on Instagram. So that's um, that's the primary role of, of the assets right now. Nice. And uh, starting like a brand new, like e-com business supplement business, there's inventory, there's expiration dates, probably longer with them. Yeah. Um, what are some of the things that, you know, maybe a, a mistake or something that you wish you wouldn't have done or something that could have saved you time or money in the beginning that maybe you can help somebody else with uh, to any, any stories that you can tell us would be great. Yeah. You know, I was, I was smart enough to recognize how hard uh, expiration and, and supply chain is. I have a buddy that is a, uh, CEO of a juice company and his juice has a shelf life or had at the time had a shelf life of three weeks and the nightmares of supply chain and inventory that he was dealing with. I said, Hey coach, when we start our supplement business, like everything needs to have a long shelf life. So run gum does have a three-year shelf life. 
you know, if I, if I go back and I, if I could go back to 2015, right, our first full year of business and just kind of give my younger self some advice, it's, it, we had a real shotgun approach, right? We were trying everything and we were doing so to really see what stuck, you know, like we were at trade shows and that seemed like a waste of money. And we tried, you know, influencers really early on. And that wasn't really paying off because we didn't have a good, good strategy for that. And then we tried, we tried everything. And I wish I kind of could have gone back and, and said, you know, find what works and scale the crap out of that. And then when you, when you plateaued in that, that arena, then find something else that works. Like we knew that Nick Simmons, the brand was the best way to sell run gum. And I, I wish, you know, we didn't start building out the Nick Simmons assets really hard until 2017, 2018. I don't know why early in the days we didn't recognize that I am the best pitch man. So we, we shouldn't have been wasting money on influencers back then. We should have just made me a bigger influencer. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I was, I was, you know, trying to do everything at once. And you just can't, especially when you're a startup with limited resources, you just can't do everything all at once. Nice. And so instead of like going after influencers and you obviously being like an Olympic athlete, you are obviously the best pitch man for your own company. Um, did you try like sponsoring other high level you know, runners or athletes and how did yeah. that go? We did. And I'll, I'll, I will say this as a guy that ran professionally for 12 years, most athletes are not worth the money you pay them. I'm sorry, it's just true. Most athletes are hyper-focused on their one thing and that's being the best athlete that they can be. And that's, that's really what they're supposed to do. But that means that you know, 19 out of 20 of them are kind of crappy at pitching products. They're kind of crappy at you know, following through on contracts and getting deals done. And so I think it can be done. I, I, now today as a retired athlete, I, I feel that I'm, I'm 10 times better as an influencer than I ever was because I actually have the time and energy to put into it. Um, but when an athlete's really at the peak of their career, their, their job is to perform and not necessarily for your company. Yeah. So, so you're probably better off going after somebody that, you know, is already past the peak of their career, but have a big name and a big following and looking for like that second chapter or, or trying to get into business or something like that. Yeah. Or a big enough name that has a management team behind them that'll keep them accountable. But if you're going after an athlete that doesn't have a management team and is at the peak of their career, if you can get them to, to jump through the hoops you need them to jump through as a brand, good luck. Yeah. And not, cool. I'm not, so, I'm not saying that against, as, a, as I'm not saying that as a dig to the pro athletes, because again, their primary focus is to perform in their given, uh, their given field or the given arena. It's not, it's not to pitch products. So besides like you being the pitch man and, you know, you're following knowing who you are and that being like, you know, the best spokesperson for your company, what would you say is your best offer that's converted the best? Has it been like a package deal? Has it been like a, you know, a free trial and that rolls into some kind of subscription or what's been your best offer? We do like, you know, trial. We have, um, we do, we push a ton of trial packs out the door because run gum is kind of a new, new idea, new product. So people like to try it before they really, you know, to understand the functionality before they, they want to subscribe. But we have trial packs that go out the door constantly. And that does opt them into a subscription model. I will say for a startup, if you can create a subscription model, if you can create recurring revenue, it is the lifeblood that your company will run on because from day one, and we did this with Tan Republic, we do it with Run Gum. From day one, you know, I can pay these bills for my recurring revenue. I can keep the lights on, I can pay the rent. And I just, and it's a reason why investors love it too. I love recurring revenue models. Nice. And um, so with all the kind of that content that you're creating, you say you like to keep it fun. Um, a lot of people are trying to put out information and educate people at the same time. Like, so how do you um, balance like, 
you know, putting out information, educating people, but also keeping it fun. A lot of clients that I work with, eventually they run out of information and they feel like I've already talked about that, but I try to tell them, you know, only a small percentage of your followings have, you know, yeah. heard it. So just keep beating that same yeah. drum. So like, what advice do you have um, for uh, people to be able to balance their content, their information with keeping it fun, keeping it light and entertaining? Yeah, I think it was Gary V that kind of taught us, you know, you want to keep it inspirational, uh, informative, what is it? Inspirational, informative and, and, and entertaining, right? The three things you want your content to be. Now, not every piece of content is going to incorporate all three, but you want to make sure you're kicking out that kind of content consistently. I launched my original uh, YouTube channel, Nick Simmons. I, la I launched it with in, in almost purely in that I want to say. Maybe now I'm going to focus on Of a, of a fun, silly feel that actually was more viral. And I love making those videos. And that channel has over 300,000 subscribers now. But then I went back and realized that all of these new people, many of them hadn't heard my original stories or my original lessons. So I created another YouTube channel called Nick Simmons 2 that's purely informative. And I go back and tell the exact same stories I told to launch the original channel just to a new audience. So to those people out there who are saying, well, They've already heard everything I've said. If you had followed me over the last 20 years, you've heard me tell the same stories a hundred times, but each day I'm getting new followers that have never heard of it. So when I sit down and tell those stories, I try to tell it with the same amount of enthusiasm to a brand new audience that, you know, maybe, maybe people have heard it you know, a couple of times before, but uh, I, I try to try to talk to the new audience member that has never heard the story before. Nice. Now, um, as you've been growing like uh, RunGum and you started to scale, what are some of the ways that, you know, once you got traction that you started scaling? Was it more through paid ads? Could you create like an ambassador or affiliate program? Like how, what was your, um, you know, uh, strategy for scaling? You know, I think, again, we tr tried everything. And, and, I, and, I, and I, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a pretty common uh, track record out there for entrepreneurs they, they, they learn in their first business and they make all their money in a second, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and fortunately we've learned and made money in run gum, but there's just so many things where I'm like, why do we put money towards that? <laughs> the two things where we make probably the most of our money is digital ad spend through Facebook and Instagram. And I love that because you can see the ROI down to the penny. Um, and my YouTube channel, my YouTube channel is our number one driver of traffic. And many brands, you know, a, a lot of, I think there's a lot of brands out there that think, oh, you know, in 2020, it's, that, that ship has sailed. Now I got to go chase TikTok or I've got to go chase Twitter. Or I've got to chase, you know, all these other platforms. I still believe the number one way to drive traffic in 2020 and going into 2021 is YouTube. If you can find your niche and find your brand voice there. Nice. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of people, obviously, they try to repurpose their content, be on many platforms as possible. They're on YouTube, but they're not getting the kind of views and stuff. Was there any strategy that you went in with? Um, or was just focusing on the content, um, you know, any yeah. like keyword strategies, any like picking, you know, just, you know, uh, I think, I think we overthink it. Yeah. yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it's niche and consistency. That was, that's the, that's the ultimate recipe for being successful on YouTube. Find your niche, find your, your upload schedule, and then that, and then never deviate. So I decided I was going to focus on, you know, running initially and ultimately branch into fitness. And I made this I actually tried in 2017 to be a YouTuber and it was just so slow. And I had that, you know, deep valley of despair where I actually gave up on it for about a year. And I made, I sat down on January 1, 2019. I looked myself in the mirror 
and I said, I want to be a successful YouTuber. I am going to upload one video every week for the rest of my life. It doesn't have to be, you know, a, a viral video every week, but I will upload the best video I can make every single week. That was what, two years ago. And I've, I have kept that promise to myself. And it's that consistency and that promise to myself and that dedication to quality that has allowed the channel to really grow exponentially. Awesome, man. Well, again, you have an incredibly inspiring story, man. I appreciate you taking the time to be on the show. Is there anything you want to leave my audience with? Uh, the floor is yours. Let them know how to, uh, how to contact you and get in touch with you as well. Well, yeah, you can follow me on almost every platform at Nick Simmons. Um, you know, I check me out on, on, on YouTube again. That I'm really active on that platform. I, I do think it's the best platform. I almost, uh, to entrepreneurs out there, YouTube is an unfair advantage. It, I laugh every single day. I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You mean to tell me that Google is going to pay me to make commercials for my own products? Like it's insane. It's almost, it's like a, it's like a huge cheat. I can't believe it exists. <laughs> so as long as it exists, I will be on that platform, you know, trying to make the best videos that I can. Um, the other thing I'll say, and I, I, I really preach this one hard to, to um, young entrepreneurs, the enemy of good is great, right? You have this idea of what you want your business to be, what you want your product to be. And you can absolutely cripple yourself by trying to create that ultimate vision from day one. It is not possible. If you had been with RunGum for, for six years, the product we launched with was horrible. It was horrible, but we knew it was, it was good enough to get started and we could continue to make it better and better and better. If you've read Shoe Dog by Phil Knight, the original Nikes, they were trash. I mean, he said he was embarrassed to sell them, but you can cripple yourself from day one if you're trying to create that billion dollar business from day one. It's not possible. Jump into the deep end, start treading water and just try to make it better and better and better each year. Awesome, man. That's great advice. And uh, again, man, I appreciate your time. I appreciate you being on the show. And uh, thanks again. Yeah, my pleasure. Great questions. Thanks, man.